0: Hey there, welcome to the Really Late Show with Chris and Craig. I'm Chris, got Craig with me. Craig, how you doing? Doing pretty well. How are you, Chris? Good. It's a busy time. My Good. wife starts a new school year this week, and um, we were talking a little bit about NFL preseason. This is kind of like her preseason this week. Uh, she has, um, what do you call them, like in-service days where they set for the school year. Um, so I needed to take the days off to watch the kids because she was at school...
1: Uh, by herself, and hey, she's getting ready. That's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, we've already started school down here in Tennessee. Really? Yeah, yeah they literally start the first, uh, basically, the first week or so of August. So, yeah. Wow. Kind of, I mean, they're like, I guess August 11th was their first official full day, but they actually went back last Monday for, uh, you know, like a half a day to get back into the school so lots of uh you know busy time already down here with school
0: i grew up in a rural area of Stark county and we never were farmers but uh the Stark county fair was over uh labor day weekend right so they when i was in school they wouldn't start until the day after labor day
1: yeah that's the same with. thing for when i was in fremont you know at the news messenger the Sandusky County Fair was at the end of August, and, you know, they went after Labor Day for school. So, kind of new down here for me to, to have them go to school first week of August. Yeah, it was weird. I think
0: right after I graduated, I think they still had I, – I think they start mid-August, too, the school I went to. But it, it was weird because when I went to school, the first week of high school football was the first weekend after we started school. And it was strange because I think it was when I was in college or late high school – you would have high school football two weeks before the, the school year started, which is yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. so Yeah, very interesting. Well, uh, talking about football, uh, Craig and I, before I talk briefly about the NFL, um, there's always stuff to talk about, but I don't know. First week of preseason, Stars didn't play that much. Um, the Bengals lost. Their Stars didn't really play. Uh, the Browns won. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't look too great, but I, I, I don't know. I mean – Craig, when this season starts, there's going to be a billion things to break down. I just don't know if it's too much to go really crazy about. But it's hard to say when these guys only play a couple plays at best. Uh, But let's talk about something that's going to be starting soon. Uh, A lot of excitement here in Columbus. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, They look like they have a pretty good team this year. Uh, The polls came out. Uh, Coaches poll and the AP poll. Ohio State's ranked second in each, which... Makes sense from everything you hear. Um, their offense could be easily the best offense in the country. I think how they do depends how their defense does because their defense does not look like their offense does. But we'll see what happens. I I don't know, Craig. The thing I wanted to start to talk about that I was kind of surprised by uh, Notre Dame uh, for my regular job writing uh, some extra sports stuff for um, the Columbus Dispatch. Nord Dame didn't seem like that great of a team. Like they had a new quarterback, they had uh, just some changes and everything. Uh, new head
1: coach uh, Craig. They're ranked fifth, which yeah. surprises
0: me. I saw yeah. it today. I
1: was kind of weirded out. It's a little high, I think, but I, I think that maybe they're they're basing that off of the strength of the t- entire team, and and maybe assuming that the quarterback position will be worked itself out. But, yeah, I don't know that I would I, – I also think that there's a lot to – in college football, especially early in the season, you get some of these matchups, especially Ohio State-Notre Dame. So the idea would be, hey, let's have Notre Dame be a top-five team. So now you've got two top-five teams playing each other in September, knowing full well, well, one of them is going to lose and likely will be Notre Dame. And, you know, Notre Dame is probably going to lose – three games maybe this year could lose, you know, I mean, they could be a 10 and two team, but they're, you know, they're probably not going to be in that level unless they get the quarterback play. If they get the quarterback play, I think they certainly have a chance to to make some noise, but I I just don't, I don't know that they're going to get consistent quarterback play. And I definitely don't think they're going to get that against Ohio state opening day. I think that's a lot to ask. I mean, you know, they've got some games. I mean, you know, they've got Clemson on the schedule, too. So it's going to be a tough season, I think, unless that quarterback play just absolutely, you know, exceeds expectation.
0: Notre Dame would have to, and I'll be honest, Craig, I don't know a ton right now about Notre Dame, but they would almost have to just really extend their drives, you know, run the ball down. Yeah. Yeah their throat and keep them off the field. And yeah. I know I, I could be surprised. And again, if I have to say it's defenses to step up, I mean, Craig, you yeah, and I could crucial. run down their the throat, you know, if we play yeah. a running back. but um, I, I, yeah, I don't see that happening. And I kind of agree with you. I mean, I don't know if the media or the coaches really care what the reigns are, but you know, I guess it makes it a little bit more enticing to say, Hey, number two against number five, check it out. Yeah.
1: And, and funny enough, though, you know, early early voting lines right now, I mean, Ohio State's more, a little bit more than a two-touchdown favorite. So yeah. not not to say that you don't get lopsided games like that, but it seems very odd that you'd have two top five teams in the country and you feel like they're separated by basically two touchdowns, which I actually think they are probably separated by two touchdowns, which is, again... I don't know that Notre Dame's a top-five team. If they had, if they were returning a quarterback, then I could easily see it. But, I, I, you know, you're you're going on the road in Columbus. Ohio State has a great offense. Their defense maybe leaves a little bit to be desired, but I, I think Ohio State's going to probably score 35, 42 points, you know, 49 points. They're going to score a lot of points. And Notre Dame, I don't know that they're going to be able to keep up with that.
0: Well, if you think about it, yeah, maybe there is, like, a lopsided difference between, like, the real top teams and others. I mean, look, That's Alabama. True. Alabama should be good this year. Uh, Georgia's currently number three. They should be really good. I mean, you never know. There's always a team that surprises. It's just funny. I mean, I'm more of an NFL guy than a college football guy, so I can't... I mean, we can talk college football. I can't tell you a ton about all the teams around the country. It just kind of surprised me looking at these rankings. And the other thing that kind of surprised me, too... Uh, Michigan's eight. I yeah. don't think Michigan be that high.
1: Well, they've got a good team. They're returning their quarterback. You know, they they've been recruiting pretty well. You know, you would think that their defense should be able to replenish and and still be pretty good. You know, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to their consistency at the quarterback position. College football, sort of mirroring the NFL, in that you know you need to have consistent quarterback play and good quarterback play to win college football games. And if Michigan gets that, if they get the ability to stretch the field vertically along with the good running game they have, they're going to be a pretty good team. Now, I don't know that they'll beat Ohio State this year on the road, but they're going to be a pretty good football team again, I would would think. You have two Big Ten teams in the top 25,
0: Michigan State 15, uh, Wisconsin 18. Um, Michigan State was pretty good last year. Um, I did a preview about the – Ohio State Michigan State game for the dispatch here in Columbus. Michigan State doesn't have a great defense. So, I mean, Michigan State could still be decent. Michigan State could easily still be around the 15 to 18 mark. But, yeah, that's going to be a tall test for them and be Ohio State. Just, There's it, a talented script this year. And again, yeah. unless. Again, it would take one team has a great running back. And, you know, if they could just play three yards and a dress, keep away from Ohio State It's possible. Because if you look at it, that's, in essence, how Michigan beat Ohio State last year. They had a great running game. They kept Ohio State off the field and they ran it down their throats. So yeah. You never know. And with the defense of Ohio State, you never know. Um, we had, and you know, support local journalism. And, geez, it's been a a rough week for journalists, and uh, we won't get to that as much. But support local journalism. Uh, the Dispatch, I believe it was Joey Kaufman, had a good story about the new defensive coordinator. He's got high hopes for Ohio State defense. You know, for Ohio State fans, you wish the best for him. Hopefully it works out the way he wants. Yeah. Um, no. I, I mean, just think, if they can have a good defense to match with their offense, man, the sky's the limit. I mean, it could be yeah. them by far. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't play the scheduled game with Ohio State. Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, Notre Dame, I, I guess they'll pose the challenge if they're number five. I don't know. But after that, you got Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin yeah. at home, Rutgers at home. Um, yeah, then Michigan State's their first road game. They got Iowa at home, Penn State at home. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Penn State on the road. Right. North on the road, Indiana at home. Maryland at home and finally, well, Ma- Craig, you can't read tonight. Maryland's on the road, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Michigan's at home, so y- you know, um, people are saying high state's favorite every game. Be interested to see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean so. they're they're going to be favored in every game uh, in all likelihood. Um, I, I, I'm just I find it hard pressed to see one of these games on here really tripping them up. It, it's possible, but I, I mean I, I just think that. If they're not a if they're not a twelve and zero or an eleven one team and probably a playoff team at the end of the year, then I'd say it's a failure of a season for Ohio State, given the the potency of their offense. And you'd think that, given the recruiting that they do, defensively, if they can clean it up schematically, you'd think that they'll be better defensively moving forward because they do get the elite talent. And I think I think a lot of people you know, they sort of criticize the the defense by saying it's terrible while not really acknowledging that part of that could be because the offense is so explosive that the defense just has to play a lot more time of possession than they used to when Ohio State was a little bit more run-oriented. But now that Ohio State can score two or three play drives at times, it, it makes it a little harder, I think, for defenders to stay healthy and and also just, you know, you're taking on teams that are all scheming to try to score against you. And college football, the way the way it is now, is it's really passing friendly. And teams are, are just trying to put up as much, as much as they, you know, the ball in the air as much as they can. They're putting up numbers at will. And I think, you know, Alabama's defense was like that too, where they were giving up a lot of points because they were scoring a lot of points, you know and that kind of came to bite them in the butt last year with Georgia in the national championship game because Georgia's defense was a little bit better. But, you know, that's the thing that college football is predicated on now is outscoring people as opposed to just, you know, trying to get into those, you know, 20 to 17 nail biters.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. Look at me as, you know, old man, golf, a long guy, but I kind of miss those games a little bit. I think now that, you know, football is a little bit more, throw around the field you know the high scoring games become more common and yeah it's fun to see touchdowns i guess but i i don't know craig i mean i i grew up a steelers fan i love the steel curtain type defenses where they win games like 24 to 3 or something like that yeah. and i i gotta tell you the last Steelers game i went to in person was when Big Ben threw for, I think it was his personal record, it was like 511 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, the Steelers beat the Colts and Andrew Luck. It was like 52-38. to 38. It was some ridiculously high score for both teams. Yeah. And for as exciting as it was, it was kind of like a career-type game for Big Ben. I walked out of there just feeling dissatisfied because I'm like, man, both defenses <laughs> stink. I'm... Used to watching the shutdown defense for Pittsburgh, and it kind of looked like one yeah. of those old Big Twelve games where you know,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: everybody throws I, for
1: a billion touchdowns. You well, know, it's it's the way of the future. It's been like that now in college football. Um, a team like Alabama really—I'm not saying they were the trendsetters because they weren't—but I think Alabama really showed that you need to be that way in order to win games. You still want to have a great defense, the best you can have, but you're kind of acknowledging that you need to be able to attack downfield. You have all these great athletes. You need to take advantage of it, and that's essentially what Alabama did, and other teams really started getting into that as well. Obviously, they're not the first team that's ever you know thought, hey, let's just pass the ball all the time, but the priority is offense. The priority is getting a quarterback that can stretch the field while having a good running game but then having explosive athletes on the on the outside which Ohio State does. So Ohio State's really continued on and they're really in a class on their own in the in the Big 10 with how they play the game uh, uh, on offense at least. Yeah, it would be just dis- as
0: you said, it'd be disappointing if they you yeah. know. I I mean, no team's perfect. Maybe a loss happens, but Man, if they lost one game during the regular season, it would be kind of a disappointment yeah. for a lot of people. I mean, you know, this very much could be their year, just if the defense can kind of keep it somewhat together, they got a pretty good shot at it. Cool. A uh, couple of quick notes about high stake guys. I was kind of in and out of a lot of preseason games. I don't like to sit and watch whole preseason games, especially with my, even with my team. Uh, but, you know, it's football, dude. I mean, I'm getting a little excited. Uh, watched a little bit of the Bears on, when was it, Saturday, I think?
1: Yeah, it Saturday or Sunday. they played Saturday.
0: Yeah, against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields hit, hit on a couple of real long passes. Um, the, this is a big year for Justin Fields. I, about a month ago, I sat on the ESPN call with uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And Aikman was saying, hey, he wanted college. Maybe Fields could be that guy. He was a little bit guarded, and I don't think Troy Aikman was guaranteeing uh, Fields will be the next, you know, Pat Mahomes or anything. But, you know, I I can see Fields with some potential. Uh, he had a rough coach last year. Um, what was it? Nagy, I believe? Yeah,
1: Nagy, yep.
0: Yeah, who was kind of rough. Well, uh, he was supposedly an offensive genius. He really didn't do well. I mean, I think even back to the uh, Mitch Trubisky days uh, when he was with the Bears. um, uh, It it feels like a couple things. He really had an uneven rookie year to say the best. I I think the hard thing with him is where where is his guys around him? Um, He he lost his top receiver and Allen Robinson, uh, went to the Rams. Um, I don't know. They kept showing a couple of young guys and the Bears preseason announcers were trying to talk him up. I, I don't know, though. Craig I mean yeah. I'm not saying the coverage bear but it's it's going to be tough I know uh also too on defense Roquan Smith one of the best defenders has asked for a trade um a lot of uh, people I follow on Steelers Twitter thinks the Steelers are going to get Roquan Smith but they're saying well we could trade Devin Bush who's been an absolute embarrassment for the Steelers or Chase Claypool who's not that much higher, and Claypool's a receiver Maybe it'd help Fields, but Claypool has been the guy who I hope. So uh, Jerry saw Justin Fields. I right? seems like a nice kid. I wish the best for him. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be on Fields necessarily. It's more and you know you got you got to get buys around, you, especially in the NFL to help yeah. out. Um, couple other things I noticed. Um, you know, a couple receivers got their debut. Um, I think of
1: Chris Olave with the Saints. Um, oh. He should start. Um, yeah, by all accounts, people saying he looks good so far in camp. So I mean, I, I don't. I think he's just going to be one of those steady, great NFL receivers for a long time. I, he may not be like the flashy guys, like the you know Jamar Chases of the world, but I, I think he's just going to carve out like a really nice NFL career. I'll say this: uh, Ohio State native. He ended up his career for
0: Ohio State. Uh, Jameson Williams, who ended up transferring to Alabama. Uh, he got hurt against Ohio State in a, uh, was it last year? I believe, national title game. Uh, he Oh, he, yeah, he, he got, got hurt against, against Georgia. Georgia, right yeah. yep. Yeah, against the national title game. Um, but, you know, he's with your Lions, and, hey, if you yeah. he can get healthy, he's got a ton of potential.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of excitement. Um, I watched the first episode of uh, Hard Knocks on HBO with the Lions, and hopefully, here in the coming weeks, they'll they'll highlight him a little bit. Although the fact that he's injured, they might not, you know, do too much with him. But uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement with Jameson Williams, and the, the hope is is that he'll be the, you know, the elite speed Tyree Kill type guy that the Lions would love to have, and who wouldn't want to have? But I think a lot of it is going to come down to durability and how how much he can, you know, not just recover from the knee injury now but just not continue to get hurt because he's very long and lanky and uh, he's going to definitely need to put some strength on his body to to hold up over 17 games.
0: I keep hearing a lot of good things about um, Garrett Wilson, the receiver, end up going to the Jets. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the New York hype. Maybe it's because New York needs receivers in in a bad way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One thing that is troubling for the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson is going to be out for a little bit. And old friend Joe Flacco is next on the list unless the Jets trade for a quarterback. And and Wilson's not going to be out for that long. He might miss a week or two of the season. But, yeah, lots of interesting notes um, with that. Uh, Finally, the other guy I liked from Ohio State, I really liked him in college, uh, Master Teague. Uh, Mm -hmm. Problem with him in college was he got hurt a lot. He was a really good as a freshman into his sophomore year. He got hurt. He was undrafted. He was in the Bears camp for a little bit. Uh he was a little bit injured so he didn't last there. Uh the Steelers picked him up. And apparently he's doing okay. Um he had kinda of a little viral moment when he ran over a guy in a drill, you know, like carrying the ball, which looked mm-hmm. good. Um uh, Steelers got a lot of running backs. So I'm not sure if he's gonna fit in there, but hey, good for Master Teague and good for me. I'm a Steelers guy, so Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, anything else Ohio State related that we should talk about? Just want to give a quick update. No. no what's I so. Yeah, I best of luck to those guys. Um, it's always neat to see yeah. all the Ohio State guys do well in the pros. Um, you know, one other guy I wrote about him, so I, I kind of feel a little bit. Um, he, he, I think about this guy a little bit more. Um, Haskell Garrett. Uh, was mm-hmm. a defensive lineman for Ohio State, really good. Um, he got injured. Kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Cam Hayward, um, but he he got shot and he was trying to help somebody. It wasn't like he was doing bad stuff. And he came back, played pretty well. He did not get drafted, but I think he's in Tennessee camp, plaster hurt. So best luck to him. I think he just got a shot making possibly. So hopefully he makes the team. I mean, I'm not sure what to expect this first year if he wasn't drafted, but. Yeah, you know, hopefully can make the the roster. So, all right. Well, um, yeah. Thanks for checking us out. Remember, Cash App, easy way of um, just transfer money back and forth. If you need to pay somebody, want to give somebody a gift, man. Cash App makes it so easy. Uh, Craig, I was telling you, my lawnmower guy used to be a pain to, um, what do you call it? Pain to pay because I never thought he had Cash App. I just pay him by cash. Now, yes, Cash App, it's easy. Craig, my day Friday, was really busy at work. I saw him mowing outside, just picked up my phone, hit two buttons, hit send, his money was there. And Craig, he called me. He's like, are you gonna pay me, buddy? And I said, look at your account. And and he's like, wow. So it's the power of Cash App. So if you go to our um, site, uh, download Cash App, uh, attach your um, account to it, uh, five bucks will be yours. And Uh, It helps us out too, so check out Cash App. All right, well, for Craig, this is Chris. Uh, Check us out. We're also recording (laughs) um, one of our weirder YouTube segments we probably have ever done. Uh, We'll check out the world of Kay's cooking, and uh, we'll figure out how she's cooking meatballs. It's kind of (laughs) scary. And then also, um, Craig... Uh, you might be wondering why I sent you this other story. Uh, Craig and I are going to do a segment later about animal names. And, Craig, I'm going to try to make the case that, you know, it's a tough time for our country. Lots of infighting, lots of political squabbles. What can save our country is if zoos have popular animals and if we can name these animals. And wouldn't yeah. the world be a better place? I, I think the inside yeah. Zoo is uniting us as a country and a world, so... <laughs> Yeah, says, so "We'll We'll try to break that down later. All right. So again, for Craig, this is Chris. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley.
1: Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you.